Welcome to Civil Tension, conversations with contentious intent. We are civil, not polite. We are civil, not politically correct. Civil Tension is a weekly podcast intended to demonstrate that people can engage in difficult, contentious topics of conversation while remaining civil and strengthening the ties that bind, even when we profoundly disagree. Civil Tension can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Player FM, TuneIn, Listen Notes, and more. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Civil Tension, Facebook by joining the Civil Tension podcast group, as well as on our developing Instagram account, Civil Tension, and YouTube channel. To join our mailing list, send a note to civiltension at gmail.com. Here we are recording episode 12 already of Civil Tension. We've been doing this for 12 weeks now, guys. Thank you very much. This is pretty cool, growing and getting uh, bigger and better every week. And I know uh, Bob is actually uh, here. Bob Gibbons is uh, helping us with the social media outreach, so we're very appreciative Thank of that. Thank you, Bob. Help, Bob. Help. Help, help, helping, yeah. And, uh, and I've been tweeting like crazy uh, to the tune of earning a whopping 62 Twitter followers so far in, in just the last, what, week and a half? He was rolling coming. So, ooh, 62 Twitter followers. Is that, is that amazing? Or not? On, my, on my dashboard, I have a uh, thing that um, it's a feed of everything that Peter has retweeted. And it goes into their account, and it's just like... Every five minutes, you're like retweeting something. It, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm, it's well, it's easy to open my phone and just go boom, 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 boom. Do that, do that. That's, do that's that. a pretty sick thing. doesn't right do there. that anymore. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't know how to work technology. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't give me a button and just say push that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get pushed all Wait, day they, long. It's just like a remote, right? Yeah. Oh, did I? Here, let me push that again. You know, what they told Trump? you know what they told Trump? Uh, don't tell my wife. Be careful. <laughs> this could become our topics. <laughs> yeah. So. But now, of course, uh, Civil Tension is created and produced by me, Peter Galt, and uh, also uh, with the amazing support of my co-host, would you please introduce yourself? John Guancy. And Tom Sellers. John, Tom, thank you very much for being here. And of course, we do have some wonderful committed conversationalists today. Uh, let's actually start to my right this time. Would you introduce yourself? Oh, switching it up. I'm Bob Gibbons. Don Stevenson. Dan Sweet. And Ken Nicholson. Don, Ken, Dan, Bob, thank you very much for being here. Uh, for all of you who are listening to this and participating, the conversation you're about to listen to may contain language and subject matter some may consider offensive. Can those of you here at the table tell me what happens when you get offended? Not much. Not much, yeah, not a whole heck of a lot. Uh, so we, we're pretty sure you're going to be okay no matter what you hear. And of course, while we encourage and thrive on contentious, escalated, highly spirited conversation, we do encourage our committed conversationalists to remain mindful of name dropping. The names of people, places, and things may be changed to protect the innocent, not so innocent, but pretty much mostly ourselves because, you know, that's <laughs> the way it goes. Too, too late to that. Too late to that. that. Point. <laughs> <laughs> to that point, fearless leader, may I uh, offer an appeal? I did, the primary problem with our table today is we don't have uh, representation from the liberal side. We don't, and, and I wish we how, did. How can we demonstrate our skills of communication despite contention if we don't have 
representation. Well, Somehow I, I think that deal is going to work itself out, I, right, John? I, I, <laughs> well, I, mean, I may even help John in that. We, we've we'll actually, I, I'm, I'm not going to lean on John too much for that because he, although he's amazingly good at playing devil's advocate and playing the part uh, of a leftist and all your enemies, he's, he's, he's good at it, yeah, but it, I know it stresses him out. The yeah, the best way to, uh, the best <laughs> way to win an too. argument is to know the points that the other side has. Can, can I veer a little bit? Yeah, go right I, want to, I want to talk about how it's weird that uh, prostitution is illegal unless you film it, put it on the internet, and call it art. That was a big veer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> I, I, just, I just want to throw that one out there real quick. I know that's not anywhere near what we're talking about. but How do you, how do you throw that one out there real quick? <laughs> <laughs> and how do you call that a veer? That's, that's not, not even the same thing. You can go on inside you know and slide, you know, off tackle. I'm just going to take this left turn right here right, right. and go down the side alley. <laughs> Duck behind the dumpster. Allie, I'm not even on paper anymore. Let's put it okay. this way. Would it, be, would it be any different if they were doing some sort of a protest uh, against something else that the school is doing uh, and they were doing it off campus with their family? I mean, would it be any different? I'm, I'm not sure what... I, I don't... Uh, well, jurisdictionally not. Well, my point is this. My point is this. If, uh, would, the, would the public necessarily be... Um, uh, have to be involved with this just as this is and and again the kids whoever put this on the internet is is their is it their responsibility whose responsibility is it now do we say it's the parents responsibility because they put it on the internet or is it because it's just they're just putting it on so for the for the benefit of their friends or what's what's going on here it's a it's a there again it's a dilemma and I'm saying to myself if I, when I look at this, I say to myself, well, what's the big deal? And, but if, you know, again, playing devil, devil's advocate, what else can you correlate it to? Because I don't have kids in high school at this point in time, uh, thank God. Uh, but, uh, well, the, well, maybe a possible correlation, you know, because again, to your point, it, it, what they were doing was legal. So the correlation would have to be something that's legal. What if they suspended a, uh, a, a girl who had a legal abortion because she posted something on her social media about getting an abortion. Oh. They suspended her oh. for that. Oh, oh. that school that's district fine. would have would have gotten hit with a lawsuit so mm -hmm. fast. It, the entire school board would have exactly. The ACLU would not let Exactly, but should the ACLU be stepping in in this case as well? But yeah, and I think they've made, the, I think the ACLU has uh, made their position clear on constitutional freedoms mm -hmm. and constitutional liberty. You should be defending this person because there is no reason that person should have been. I, I don't see anybody coming to her defense. No. And my question is because I didn't find, I didn't hear this in the story. I didn't hear much of it. I've been kind of busy the last few days. What media was this internet, this uh, video found on? That's my first question. My second one would be, what business is it the schools to be trolling whatever media that was to come up with this mm -hmm. to suspend anybody? Well, I don't know. I don't remember if trolling. it was. They'll find out. I don't yeah. remember if it was Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, something mm -hmm. like that. I've, but but yeah, it to me, I, it doesn't matter. But it, again, who's, it, it, who's right, the person? Who's who's the person responsible at the school for giving giving this that uh, 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 notoriety? Let's mm -hmm. say. Yeah, the obvious question is, what else? 
what could a student be right. suspended for exactly. that is outside of school? Not much. Okay, what if the uh, what if they were in a state that had legalized marijuana or legalized medical marijuana, and they were they were smoking and that didn't stand by the school? Not standards. on school grounds. Not on school. Not grounds. school grounds. I, I guess that's my problem with the whole thing. Right, wrong, or indifferent. It was had nothing to do with school property, school time, school supervision. School responsibility. The school should have absolutely nothing to say about it, period. So, Which leads me to my question. Is is this like kind of a fringe thing that happened? Like somebody freaked out and like, I'm, is, is it even worth, you know, arguing over right now because it was just a fringe thing? I think perhaps it is a bit of a fringe thing and it was a knee-jerk reaction in the wake of some of the other things that had happened. Uh, recently, so Bob, I suppose if this really isn't worth talking about, we could dig in on your your questions about prostitution. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't want to jump in there. I'm yeah. not. <laughs> oh, it is it is classic overreach. Certainly, in our opinions at this table, it is classic overreach. How can how can a school possibly be responsible or authoritative in any way? over legal activities outside of school. They I mean, shouldn't. I say they should have no business. No business, So the issue is this. It, number two, to answer Bob's question, it is one, a fringe thing. And number two, we should absolutely talk about it because it is the matter that when fringe activities occur, and let's be real clear, these are not public schools. These are government schools. Exactly right. They're funded with tax dollars. It's confiscated private wealth from the citizenry that the citizen has little or nothing to say about it because there is no such thing as school choice, so people cannot act in their liberty just like the schools to which they would wish to send their children. So, they're, so therefore, they are enslaved to that particular system and to that bureaucracy. So we have government schools that are, have classically overreached and seen something that is not appropriate because it's about a narrative that everyone's hypersensitive to, and then they proceed to suspend and perhaps in some ways impair the future of a few young people who were doing legal activities off school grounds in their private lives, posting such material on private social media accounts of their own free will. Period, end of the story. This is no different in my opinion than when you have private corporations and I'm sorry, when they get out there and they say, you know, I, we're not going to hire you, and they never say this, but you know it's there. We're not going to hire you because we don't like what you posted on Facebook. Ladies and gentlemen, what you post on your social media, even though it's for public consumption or consumption of your friends, air fingers quote, is your business. It's not the government's business. It's not the school's business. It is not a private corporation's business. That's it. And that line has been crossed so many times. If we think this is not the beginning of something more, this is just the test balloon. Boom, they tried it. Oh, maybe it was an overreaction. Now they're going to pull back and they're going to be real sorry for it. But when you look at that effort, on the, then you read uh, uh, Justice Stevens' op-ed in the New York Times that we need to repeal the Second Amendment. This is, this is all the same thing. And if you think that they just want to stop at repealing your Second Amendment rights, Go ahead well, and wait till they get to the get to the fourth to the first and not, all the rest of it. I'm not yeah. advocating that they that they go after the the uh, uh, bill of rights or anything like that. But the here again, 
um, in terms of who's responsible for it is my question. There should be that, that, would, that would be my no doubt no my person my, my personal question is right who is responsible at that school for doing it and then do we have other schools that are doing the same thing do we have too many administrators where they haven't got a doggone thing to do so all they do is sit there all day long but, look at social media for the kid that the kids are putting on out but, there but the, but it, let's so let's take let's couch this within the, the larger issue okay and that mm -hmm. is you will comply with the government's opinions as to how it is you should be as a student. Or else. See Ohio, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, whoa, 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 whoa. What in, happened? In, in Ohio, in Ohio, right, we have our national walkout day, and so one young person decides not to walk well, out, he and he gets suspended yeah. for it because he didn't comply with the Sieg Heil narrative of the government school and the bureaucrat in that position. This is classic overreach. I'll give you another example that okay. even in a local school that you have someone teaching about quote unquote viruses and how viruses work. You're thinking this is interesting, John, but what does it have to do with anything? Then the teacher crosses the line into discussing public policy and saying if you do not uh, have yourself inoculated and, and all the rest of it, you are a risk to public health. Whoa, whoa, now you're not talking science of viruses and how they work. Now you're getting into policy discussions. This is a line that government schools are crossing all the time. This is just one that has gotten our attention and one that is making big news. But every day in the classrooms, teachers cross that line into saying, this is how you should think. Now, you, there, you just gave three examples. You said earlier you think it's a fringe issue. I don't believe well, it. No, is. I mean, I'm, I mean, as far as the, I th the as incident, far as the firearms yeah, issue, but it bleeds yeah. into everything else. But I just don't think this whole incident is a fringe because we can read about them three a day. They're similar. It happens all the time. All the, the Ohio case is a great example because that student didn't tow the, the government school line. Right. Yet suspended. I don't. I don't think it's so fringe. I think it happens almost every day. In sure, and it goes and it goes bigger than that. You know, we have. We have uh, constant monitoring by the government looking for terrorists. Mm -hmm. They're looking at social media. They're looking at private email. They're looking at all. This is not. This is not a new occurrence. This is an occurrence that slaps us in the face. Right. And, you know, and we can look back. And it's not hard to find people that were singled out for something that they posted, something that they sent an email about, and all of a sudden they've got people knocking on the door. Or they're under investigation for this or that. How many of them are innocent? Did nothing wrong to anybody. So I say it's a bigger. I say it's a bigger problem than just what we are talking about here. Okay, I think this is what's in our face right my, now. Second, my big question is um, if the goal was was strictly punitive or if it's rehabilitative in some sort. Because uh, if you're going to just suspend somebody for posting something, that's not rehabilitating them. That's not forcing them to think your particular narrative. That's just saying, hey, listen. What do they do that needs to be rehabilitated? The argument there is that you, we're trying to get them to follow a certain path. Yeah, right. We're trying to make them follow a uh, mm -hmm. this Sig Heil narrative, as you as you called it, to borrow your phrase. Yeah. Uh, so I did not originate that phrase. By the <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I got that. I think I, I think I heard that. I just didn't want to take credit for something. Well, okay, okay. I read books. Well, historically, people. Have. But the other the other thing I would mention is the uh, you use the, the example of the virus, uh -huh. and uh, uh, 
we know that before we have children go into a school, they have to be inoculated. Not all do, no. Or no. 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 Not, Not anymore. anymore. No. Okay. They didn't in my day. Let's put it that yeah, way. They so. did when we I mean, yeah, right when you oh, didn't have kids. polio well, and stuff like that. Actually, yeah. even for our daughter who just started college this year, we had to show uh, an inoculation mm -hmm. record right, mm -hmm. uh, for going for, for certain, certain things. inoculations that certain are required, inoculations, like uh, yeah. um, those are or something that mom's yeah, Luke has to do it too uh, for each year that he's been in college. Cody did too. I didn't have to um, chicken pox. You know, which are, I suppose, highly communicable diseases, mm -hmm. which, okay, I get that. You don't want those spreading rampant, in, especially in dorm room mm -hmm. situations. You're living with somebody there, but you're going to catch something. But again, this, this whole conversation, I think, is has morphed into more of a but it's okay I'm sorry Peter, but it's okay to have the policy for inoculation if that's what you want to do and that's what you think is important that's fine but you handle that at an administrative level right and you administer the policy you don't let that bleed into the educational uh, no. petri dish that's when you're true. talking about what is science and what is not science mm -hmm. and, and why again why yeah because so it's, because it's not because not the place for it it's not the place for a science teacher to to proceed to bam blast or proceed to run some of a flagpole regards to, and if you are not inoculated, you are a public health threat. That is not a scientific statement. That is a purely it's administrative not. statement. It is. That's it, it, it is. is. That is a scientific statement. In a, in a, in a, uh, in a close that's a public policy. You want to talk about that within a government class, a civics class, something that's more social, then you go ahead and you have that conversation. Again, it's a different conversation than this is how the viruses work, and this is how they mutate, and this is how inoculations work. That's science. If you want to talk about that other stuff, that belongs in another department. Let's see, there, there you know, you're, you're uh, uh, we, we've talked about putting so much on teachers. Why are why would we want to if that if that science teacher is talking about inoculations or talking about uh, the viruses and then talking about the inoculations and saying okay if you don't get inoculated you may you are a health health risk but you don't you weren't in that classroom so you don't know if he said you are or you may you don't know what what the verbiage is but the point is that that it's in the same vein of talking about the virus. So, That's so, the whole point. So, That's so, my point. Right, so what my point would therefore be is that therefore they have the absolute right to talk about global warming. They have the, no? They have Ooh. the absolute, what? They have the absolute Ooh. right to talk about how it is um, emissions on the part of automobiles, how oil is the death of the planet. They're absolutely within the right to advance that narrative because now you've gone from something that is purely science and science and global warming. And all, that is not science. That is politically driven opinion. Okay, you have and that is your politically driven opinion. Right, exactly, <laughs> it is. Well, no, but no, that well is absolutely no, but that no, poorly said because it's absolutely factual. And the reason that I say that is because you have a great divide not within the debate. You have a great divide among scientists that say global change, if there is climate change, is not driven by the human animal, the human human presence. And if, it ha if, it, if it's happening at all. You see, there's a great division within this. There are many books that are published about the fact that really this is just another cycle. 
But the point is, is that if you want to get things that are not clearly scientific, and that is you have a theory and a hypothesis and a mode of proving out and bearing out that hypothesis, and you have a result, and then you go back and modify your hypothesis on the basis of your findings, that's a scientific model, which global warming doesn't meet that criteria, and that's why it's not really science. It's a lot of, a lot of smoke and mirrors. If you want to, in a science class, if you want to get away from that scientific <laughs> hypothesis and that scientific model, go for it, but don't be offended or bothered when your children and your youth come out saying that global warming is absolute, we all should stop driving cars, oil is, the, is, the, is a terrible thing, the United States has 5% of the world's population, takes up 25% or more of the world's resources, we're the greatest uh, uh, affront to mankind and Mother Earth. Don't be offended if they come out thinking that way. Can, can I bring? So, can I bring us? Forgive me, Bob. Oh, oh you got a killer coming in. Okay, oh. come on, Bob. Come on, Bob. We're ready. Bob. All right. So we we touched on two hype on issues that I'm passionate about: vaccinations and global warming. <laughs> Versus vaccinations. Vaccinate your kids, people. It's not okay to be different or uh, in that regard. Vaccinate your kids. I don't care if the government says you have to. You should vaccinate your kids. Secondly, when it comes to global warming, nobody walks into a house and says, you know what, this isn't my fault. This isn't the fault of the homeowners. I'm going to go ahead and leave. No, you do your best to put that fire out. And that's what we have when it comes to the issue of climate change. Now, there's, there, are several, there are several indisputable facts. Sea levels are, in fact, rising. All right? The earth is, in fact, getting warmer. Now, you can say... Um, that it's not it's not humankind's fault. It's um, uh, Mount St. Helens put out just as much emissions as the entire uh, put out as much CO2 in the atmosphere as the entire human race ever has. Now I'm not saying it's humankind's fault, but I'm saying it's our responsibility to help stem the tide. When God gave us this green earth, He charged us with saying that we have to protect it. He gave a mandate. To um, he gave a mandate to to preserve this planet, and that's what we should be doing. He, he gave us a mandate to protect the planet and to be good stewards of it, but he did not clearly give us the mandate to say and think and say that that you sit on the throne and you are therefore gods yourselves and can actually control the things that are set in motion in terms of natural law. There are things that are occurring on this planet, and I'm humble enough of heart to say that I don't understand everything, and I never will. And for mankind to sit on the throne of his own life and say, I understand everything, I know how this whole thing works, and therefore I have the ability, the power and control of <clears throat> almighty man to control this planet, I think that's an arrogance that should be curtailed and really needs to be kept in check. Right. But to your point, the problem is this, that the, uh, the honest debate about what is and what is not happening with climate change is not had in this country, is not had on this planet. Why? Because there's so much political charge that says we have to do this and if we think that the global climate change argument is not being funded by those who say I want you folks to live one way and I want to live in a different way. I want to take away your Second Amendment rights while it is I live in gated communities and have armed guards. This is about the oligarchy, this is about the haves and the have-nots. This is all this is about. It's all the same thing and I hate to break it to you. But it's just that simple. It's not that complicated. Well, and again, that you circled back around to my point well, that's a what few times, which I never, <laughs> which I never actually. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, you think you have an opinion here? Yeah. Well, I, I, this has been awesome. Um, I haven't had to open my mouth in, in <laughs> several minutes. It's really cool. But this whole conversation has has uncovered what 
we perceive it seems the the real problem to be, which is overreach. And you, no matter who it's by, whether it's the schools or other administration, other levels of government, we've got ridiculous overreach, all based on agenda. No matter what that agenda might be, from from one story to the next story to the next story to the next story. I mean, if you watch the Twitter feeds, if you watch Google News, if you watch any of this. Every little blip down the road is a new agenda, and it's a new thing that people want to want to yell and scream about. Go ahead. Absolutely. Now, I want to go back to Bob's point, because this is so important, is that in our liberty, we have the authority and the duty to live out as God calls us to live our lives. Let me be real clear what that means. I'm an avid recycler, mm -hmm. okay? I wash out my peanut butter jars. I have my kids say, I've never met a guy who washes his trash. <laughs> I wash my trash because I want every ounce of it recycled. If I, didn't have a, if I didn't have four kids in the house, I'd drive a small car that'd get 40, 50 miles to the gallon. I'm in liberty before my God to live in that way in response to that. And to Peter's point, the governmental overreach that says, you will live the way I want you to live while I ride around in my Learjet telling you how to live is not okay. Can I? If can, I, can, I, I can I? Can I? Okay, I'll give you the last one. Let King go. I want to bring this back a little bit to the basics of the, what we started talking about. We have a school that administratively disapproved of something done by a student outside of school in any way. I mean, not on campus or anything like that. Not trying to proselytize other students in no way affecting the school that is totally legal. That's legal starting with an L and indeed approved by somewhere in the vicinity of 50% of the population of this country, this, the administration of the school saw fit to suspend these students or this student. And that is not without consequence to the kid. I mean, if, if it shows up on a transcript, it's deadly, right? What is it their business? I mean, we're talking about overreach, the definition of, of overreach, right? I just I wanted to come back to something small, so maybe we can offer an idea to, to solve it. So, I, how did it happen? So, in 1978, the Supreme Court uh, heard the case of Tinker versus Des Moines. Um, basically, what happened was Tinker, John Tinker, and his sister had worn black armbands to protest the Vietnam War. That case eventually made it all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said, hey, as long as they're not interfering with the school's mission, then you don't get to punish them for what they're doing. All right, and we've, we've heard that opinion um, most recently in Frederick, Fred, and Morse, Morse v. Frederick, which is argued in front of the Supreme Court in 2010 about the bong hits for Jesus. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure some people remember that. As the Olympic flame went by, they held out a banner. That was on school time and stuff like that. But as long as it doesn't interfere with the school's mission, which is to educate the youth, then you can't suspend for it. Then you can't punish, punish them for it. So I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just clarifying what the stance is. And those students, as far I didn't see the post. I have not read any material on the post. But if you just put something out there that is legal and not interfering with the school's mission, which is, you know, educating the youth, then you are, then you, then you are in the wrong if you punish them. Thank you, Bob. Now I come to one quick question. What is, let's assume that I'm right, that it's out of line for the school are. 
<laughs> that the school district or the, the school authorities had no business doing this to the students, right? What is the consequence for the people that made that decision? And indeed, coming, coming back to our question before, who's responsible for having made that decision? And I offer to you, it's going to be real hard to pin that down. Find that person. And I think, oh, yeah. oh, or there'll be a commentator on CNN. If you ask me, any government official that infringes on a right is um, should at, at the very least uh, suffer that punishment. And suddenly we find ourselves back at the topic of three weeks ago, which was um, the lack of consequence. In our public servants' actions, oh, I'm not is that the sort of a basic evil here, and we seem to have given it up somehow. We no longer seem capable of electing people with moral and ethical foundations that lead them to make decisions that we agree with. We elect people, and they they go do something else, and there is no consequence. Well, you are very clearly talking about Donald Trump, right? Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Give him at least one day off. Good God. <laughs> Let him do his job. Uh, you know, but I think he's going out back, there trying. Kind of well, going back to that just a second, your position on this was Supreme, case, Supreme, case court, uh, Supreme court cases that identify the school's mission as that of education. And I would say I think that mission has changed, even though we may not have been told. Oh, they're parents now. And, and, the, and what, what the person has to do is define, to educate, and some would say indoctrinate. And indoctrinate is the word that comes to mind. But here again, we've, we've allowed, if, if that's the case, then we have allowed, as parents, we have allowed the, the school to become the parent because we're not doing a good job at it, of it at home. And, and we've, we were said, told it, we've said it before. We, we were told as parents we can't. Government said you can't talk to your kid that way. Yeah, you, you can't They've instituted this wonderful term which I educated our children on because there were times when you know I walked into the local schools that our kids were raised in and I I became not the favorite guy of administration <laughs> because I was very quick to say, nah, not going to happen. But, you know, they have this wonderful term called in loco parentis, uh, Latin, and I'm, I'm going to yeah. Crazy parents? parents? <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's Latin for in the place of a parent. In the place of, yeah. It's in the place of a parent. And that means that uh, uh, when the parent is not there and you have someone underage, who is not technically capable of making decisions on a legal level, you know, that 18-year-old level, that those given charge or responsibility from them are there to act and should act and must act in the form of a parent. I think they're taking that way, way, way too literally. You, you are not there in the place of the parent. I know a lot of teachers, I mean, we've had teachers here before, uh, I know Pam is a former teacher. I don't know if Pam's ever said on whether she goes to Friday morning a lot. Um, Jerry uh, has said in before. Um, yeah, and Jerry was a teacher. My parent, my, my dad and his wife were teachers for years upon years upon years. And they struggle horribly with children who are, who are extremely poorly behaved. 
and that does come from a home. And you can get into a whole subject on parenting. But, you know, again, this all goes back to this overreach, this, okay, now we're talking about indoctrination. I do, and I agree. I don't think it's, it's, I, um, I'm having a hard time keeping my thought focused here because I'm, my brain is going a million miles an hour. I, I agree with you, Tom, in that I believe our education system's mission has changed. We do not have anywhere near the quality of education that I personally experienced growing up in the 60s and 70s. Um, and now, coursework that you would, that I look at as routine is taught on what is called the AP level or advanced placement level. It was just regular stuff That was just regular stuff for us. Why is this advanced? And why on earth, now my my daughter who's in college now, uh, we actually had to sign a note saying it was okay for her to watch these videos in her AP history class, uh, advanced placement history class. They were showing videos of a show called Drunk History. I don't know if any of you are familiar yeah, with that. On the History Channel. Yeah, on, on the History Channel. It's uh, also on Comedy Central. On Comedy Central. Yeah, Comedy Central. Um, <laughs> it's actually remarkably right. accurate, but it is uh, comedians, actors, actresses who portray roles, who talk about actual factual history while they're getting toasted. So it's funny. Which is basically but, just me every Friday night. You know, but <laughs> dude, well, I ran into a problem with my son in high school. He was a freshman. He had ADD, so he was going through a bunch of classes as well as being in. He was, um, I had a problem with my older son's school. He had ADD, so there were a number of things that were going on that I didn't like. And one was a book that they were reading. Now, because he had a problem reading, I would read it to him and then talk to him. Well, as I'm reading the book, I went, oh my gosh. It was about a black kid, and they described what atrocities they did sexually to him. Now, this is a 15-year-old kid. What is he being told he can read this book? Right. I highlighted... Your son was 15 at the no, time? No, no. Yeah, my son was 15 at the time. Now, okay. you know, he might have known all of that, but that was not what I wanted him to hear. I highlighted everything in that book, you know, when I hadn't made my thing. I called the school and I said, I want a conference. I said, and if you don't have a conference with me, I will call all the parents that are in that class and we will all come in. Because I started calling them. They didn't know. They started reading the book and they were right. really upset. So what they did is... The teacher came in and she goes, well, I told the kids not to read that passage. And I said, excuse me, it's the first thing there is going to read. I says, and what does this school say it's okay for? If my son brought in pornographic material, you'd suspend him. I would suspend her at this point. Well, then they went back and they took the book away and they gave him something else. The next year... When my younger son came Tell in. me the book is back. Yes, but there was a notice with it. There Don't are read. sexual things in there that the kids should not read. Don't read it's up 13. to you <laughs> as a parent to allow him. Like, what are you, crazy? 
What parent is going to say yes? What? That book was actually taken off completely the third year. Forgive me. Title of book? I can't remember. <laughs> I, I, I mean, about, do, about do you a know? black kid. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I'm kind of curious why why it's about a uh, black kid. Um, I, I mean, is it is it because the book has literary value? Is it talking about factual it, events that actually did happen, or yes? And it was also about the atrocities that were happening. I think happening in Africa at the time, and okay. then they began describing in detail what was happening to these kids. And stay, instead of saying they were sexually assaulted and continuing on, they were so graphic that I stopped in the middle of saying anything. I go, honey, I'll be right back. Went to my husband, I said, wait a sh What class was this for? I gotta ask. I think it was history. Oh, good. And I'm like, okay, I can understand things that are happening in history, but this is not to, you know, maybe an 18 year old or a senior might have been capable of okay doing that, but not a freshman. Where do you not draw that line? No, so. not even a senior, but it, it would have been a little bit. Well, I'm, I'm curious where you draw that line because what we're seeing sounds a lot like censorship. Like, oh, I don't like what well, they're saying. What, Harry Potter talks about witchcraft. Let's not have Harry Potter. Let's put it on the banned book list. I, I this book talks about sexual assault. Let's put it on the banned book list. I would agree with you that we're talking a little bit about censorship, but in Denise's case, in this specific case, we're talking about parental censorship right. because her son was under the age of 18, under the age of, of majority, and not considered an adult. So it is up to her as a parent to decide what is acceptable for her son to read. And you're going to do that based on what you believe the maturity level is of your child. So she has to go so for and review all the school material? You know what? If That's what they're supposed to do. That, yeah, they're if supposed the to review it before do. we have they to should, They should have said to the parents, hey, just like we got that notice, can, do you mind if your daughter watches Drunk History? Yeah, because she's heard a lot worse at home. It's okay. But not that, you know, we don't... Trump actually, politics. Well, you know, my daughter's not actually a fan of... Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but you see, it's a very different issue is that if people had the ability to choose what school is they wanted to go to in order to send their kids to, now, now you have an option. Now the school says, look, this is the culture. This is what we think is important to teach and, and, and put out there for consumption intellectually on the part of our students. If your personal lives and personal ideas of mores and what's normal does not align with this, we encourage you to find a school that does. And boom, there it is. But, but as long as you have that forcible confiscation and you essentially have no opportunity to exercise your liberty to send your kid anywhere else, then yeah, that school has absolutely got to be responsive to the parents, and it shouldn't be the matter of the parents catching them in something. It should be a matter of the school being upfront and saying, this is what we're teaching, these are some areas that might be questionable, we want to bring this to your attention, because we want to be on the same page here. I want to come back to something that Dan said earlier, the reason that we're, we have all of this uh, government programming and what have you is because we weren't doing a good job raising our kids. According to who? According to the bureaucracy that wanted to expand its control? You know, the Department of Education came in in the early 70s, right? This thing hasn't been around forever, and there is a big, big difference between metaphysical, totally educated population and nihilism. And there's a lot of range in between that. Well, and, that's my and, point. And the Department of Education at the federal level is absolutely 
not the thing that solves that. You get rid of that, you shove it back to the states, and the states shove it back to the local areas, and you let people make their decisions and let people get out of the schools that don't work and go to the schools that do. That's called competition, and the only people that work in that and benefit in that situation are the students, not the teachers' unions, not the bureaucrats, and not the administrators making heavy six figures, but the students, and that's what we ought to be focused on. Here, but, I, but here again, the um, the point I'm I'm trying to bring is that there, you know, where is that where is that line drawn? Who's drawing that line in the sand? And if it's not the parents, as as uh, uh, our young lady here uh, has has uh, so eloquently put it. Um, and drawn that line in the sand and said, "Hey, wait a minute! I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to you. I want a conversation. And if you don't have that conversation, then you're just letting the kids, you know, you're letting the school take over that responsibility. As as uh, uh, Peter said, it's local in local parentis. So where is where is that line being drawn? And are we as a as a as a uh, country, as a family, or as a nation?" bringing the families and keeping the families together to the point where the families are responsible. I, think Ken, I don't know that that's true. I think that Ken brought up a great point earlier. So how do you hold these people accountable? If you have one, if you have a, a, a group of five or six parents to say, look, we don't think this material is appropriate, the school boards could very well say, yeah, that's really interesting. We appreciate your opinion, but pound sand, go away. I oh, mean, no. remember, remember when, I, re when I walked in and I got to sit down with them, they listened. Sure. On, you know, and I was able to get that point across, right. and all the teacher, the teacher, and the social worker, and everybody took one look at me, and then they looked at the teacher. They realized they were wrong. I mean, it was a public school. They realized they got caught. Yes. And then that should have been handled remarkably better. That yeah, there should have been some. If you felt that this is important and germane to the portion of history that you're studying and sharing with these kids. Again, they're under 18. The yes. content in that should have been reviewed by the parents. Exactly. And the parents should have been the ones to say, you know what, I'm okay with my kid reading this. And, and what they did the following year, when my younger son came in, I said that they gave that note. There was not one parent that agreed with it. So they took the book away. You know? oh. And I thought, Man, that was good. Here's I mean, to you, Denise. You got it. Well done. Yeah. Yes. And have you have you followed up with all the other books that he's uh, that they've been? Uh, well, my kids are in their 30s now, so. Well, <laughs> okay, but I'm saying, have, have you have you brought that to the attention of any anybody else that has kids in their yes, in the school? Yes, I had. Uh, I mean, so that they are checking the reading list. I had two nieces and nephews, and they were right behind us, and that book was gone. There was no indication that you could have this book read or whatever. Because I had talked to the family also and said, what, what would you do? But is that, um, the, is that the only book? That's my question. Well, at that point, my kids didn't have any other books because I was Well, obviously, there, there must have been some science book in there because uh, John said there was a virus thing talked about and uh, they, then they didn't went, went a little further than they should have. Okay, okay, so, well, let's, let's, let's part that down for a second. Tom. Well, my, my, only, my only point was this and hoping not to get to too slippery a slope. And that is, as a general rule, I, I am not in favor of banning books. Quite frankly, I don't want to see books banned in school. However, 
there should be warning labels, like yes. we just got done discussing. Right. That the parents should have an idea of what is being out there and take responsibility for the upbringing of that child. Uh, but I don't believe we just ran, we did, well, not randomly, but blanket statement start banning books. Which well, put, there's but, also put reasonableness, label. too. It's like there's a, there's a long way from being reasonable and taking a look at what our children are reading and making intelligent, informed decisions Correct. that I would rather they not have that than banning them. Right. I, and I think just saying that, that we don't want this book doesn't mean everybody all of a sudden you're for banning books. Well, it means I just don't think that's appropriate for my kids. That's that's what we're supposed to do. It's called judgment. It's right. like that. Well, we don't, even, three we don't years, even use judgment anymore. Three years after I had said something about that book, it never came up ever again. They just stopped using right. it. They took other books, which is what they should have, because it was one of my, I think the youngest one, the youngest niece. And what was written there was actually what the teacher had printed out and typed out and talked about they had sexual uh, atrocities and that was it. Didn't say what they were or go into detail and I mean this was you read them in pornographic you know material so that was good. That's I'm, I'm glad that that came out. What I'm going to do is suggest maybe we give a couple final thoughts. I'm actually, we've got a nice big crowd in the restaurant now here, and it's getting a little bit too loud uh, to, to record over. But we've got some good information and get some good thoughts and things that were shared this episode. Anybody have anything that they want to want to throw out real quick? I wanted to. Uh, I guess I'll say this in closing. But I think Tom's absolutely right that it is starting down a slippery slope. Um, you get rid of one book, you put a warning label on the book, just like you have warning labels on cigarettes. Next thing you know, there's warning labels on guns. Say, okay. hey, listen, this okay. is what can happen. That's, you put a label on this one? <laughs> that's, a, that's another subject. <laughs> no, no, it, no, it's not. Uh, no, it's really if not. you're going to start, ban if you're going to start banning books, you're going to start banning other things, and that's and that's the slope. That's the slope that's going down where, you know, teachers aren't allowed to teach uh, and parents are always getting in the way and siding with the kids and the... I'll, I'll stop there. Parents are, so parents are getting in the way. I think the problem is that as a society we're confused about what is valuable for educational purposes, what has merit and what does not. And we have lost our way in that regard. And when you do not know what that is, you're completely, totally in the wind like dust and feathers. That's all there is to it. All yeah, there is to I it. And on that note, I want to go ahead and wrap up. Thank you guys very much. I really appreciate yeah. you joining me for episode 12. 12 weeks in a row now. And I'm looking forward to next week, episode 13. Thank you guys. Thank you all. Thank you.